Hey, you listeners of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Guess what? Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. That's right. For 30 days, absolutely free, you get a chance to listen to their whole category of books. Audible is great for when you're on the go, you're commuting to work, or you're on break at lunch, and you want to sneak in a chapter or two from your favorite book. It's a great resource to have. Some people just prefer audiobooks, period, which are great. Um, but if you're like me, you like to read and then also get your audiobook in at the same time and then pick up where you left off. So check that out. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash BGM podcast. Again, it's audibletrial.com forward slash BGM podcast. And use that link that takes you over to the form that you can fill out to get your free audiobook download just for listening to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. So take advantage. It's great. It's fun. And you can download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com forward slash BGM podcast to get your free audiobook. Thanks for listening. Welcome to episode 49 of the Black Girl Nerds podcast, aptly titled Black Knight, Brokago, and Benedict Cumberbatch. We've got a very good show ahead for you. We're interviewing a filmmaker, a podcaster, and we're having some crazy shenanigans where we're jacking up Benedict Cumberbatch's name for no reason. But it's a fun thing to do. The co-hosts that I have with me on this podcast are Mel Perez and Lauren Warren. Mel Perez is a former Atlanta native that now lives in the frozen wasteland of upstate New York, currently working on overcoming her graphic novel collection addiction, the Funko one is a lost cause. She will argue passionately about the importance of diversity in media and how Fox has completely screwed up the X-Men franchise. Lauren Warren, who has been on several shows with us in the past, is a gaming contributor for Black Girl Nerds. She's a Virginia native, currently residing in the Canadian tundra, and is a pop culture, Netflix, Pinterest, and Twitter junkie, a video game enthusiast since the age of five, and an advocate for diversity in all mediums of entertainment. She enjoys creating worlds far more interesting and action-packed than her own, and aspires to create more diverse TV, film, video game, and web content. Check out our show, and I hope you guys enjoy... Tamarat McConan is known for pushing the creative envelope and has composed a notable body of work that is cinematic, stylized, and visually striking. He is currently writing and directing and producing feature films, most notably the critically acclaimed debut drama Dreams and Shadows, starring James Russo and Sean Colin Young. He's also directed music videos and EPKs for a variety of artists, including R&B singer Neo, and his projects have aired on MTV, BET and Much Music in Canada. Tamarat founded Filmwalker Productions, a boutique production company designed to develop and produce independent films of all genres. He's recently created a documentary called In Search of the Black Knight, a relationship documentary that takes a humorous look at a topic that has been on the tongues of professional black women everywhere, the shortage of the eligible black man. We follow film director Tamarat McConan as he travels across the country in an attempt to find the truth behind this hot-button topic. Combining professional advice, street interviews, and sketch comedy, 
this humorous and thought-provoking film will have you rethinking what you assumed about the opposite sex. Take a listen to our segment, co-hosted along with myself and Mel Perez. should a woman wait for a man to commit i think that a woman should wait seven years for a man to commit seven years ah those were the good old days we've all heard it said that things aren't what they used to be when it comes to black relationships the question is is it talk or is it true my name is tamarat mcconan i'm a filmmaker i decided to go on a journey to get some answers on the current state of black relationships in America. The qualities women look for when considering a man are financial stability, number one, um, sense of humor, swag. Black women look for swag. What do you think is important? Does he have to have a uh, swagger? You know, that may not be as important as the way he treats you. So I'm not saying that he's gonna walk out with his pants hanging and looking thuggish, but I want him to have the thug in him. Nobody wants to have to hide guns and like worry about drugs and cops. Oh, Rikers Island buses, they're not attractive. There's definitely a larger percentage of black women in colleges compared to black men. Why do you think this lopsided ratio exists? I know that um, growing up where I grew up, there aren't a lot of men from my high school who made it to college. If you look at uh, African-American family dynamics... It's interesting, the kind of men I meet. I either meet a man who is really lame, or they're really, um, they're really player-like. The brothers are not the enemy, and the sisters are not the enemy. We just have to gain some kind of understanding. Welcome to this segment of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie Broadnax. I am your host, along here with Mel Perez. And we have a great guest on this segment. We have Tamarat McConan here to talk about his latest project with us. And I'm really excited to always have filmmakers on the show because I went to film school and I like to geek out on all things that's related to the industry. So thank you so much, Tamarat, for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me, Jamie. Give me just a brief synopsis of what this film is about for our listeners and tell us what what made you decide to take on this topic. Uh, well, the film is called In Search of the Black Knight, and um, it's a, uh, a humorous look at the current state of black relationships in America. You know, it's uh, the documentary takes on a lot of the stereotypes and um, essentially kind of flips them and um, pokes fun at them. You know, we kind of take a mirror to to ourselves and, and our issues in relationships and, and the results are, are quite humorous when, when we you know, have a, an opportunity to kind of look in, at issues, at stereotypes, at what we want in relationships uh, with a humorous lens. So that was, that was the, the goal uh, to, to make a, a, funny, a funny documentary, if you will, if there's such a, such a thing, about black relationships. I think we've uh, accomplished that. Is it like a satire or it's just talking about relationships and just using it through a funny lens? 
it it does have satirical elements to it. Um, the the film actually infuses sketch comedy into it, so it's it's not just you know a straight documentary. It's a documentary, um, and then it kind of shifts off into other areas. It, it truly is a gumbo. We we've, we've interviewed people from all walks of life, um, from professionals um, to to your everyday um, you know folks on the street. Um, and, and everyone in between to kind of get uh, an idea of what the temperature is, uh, to, you know, in regards to black relationships today. And you traveled all over the country for um, coverage on this topic. Where did you travel specifically to get folks on camera with the on the street interviews and just to be able to get research on this? We interviewed people in New York, in Washington, D.C., um, Atlanta and Los Angeles. So um, we wanted to to interview people in um, metropolitan areas. Um, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's some places. You know, there are more places that we could have um, interviewed people in, but those were the four that uh, that we chose, and um, and we and we got some great results from those from those trips into those areas. And, you know, the people were quite forthright in regards to how they feel about um, the current state of black relationships. I watched the trailer and let me just say that it was hysterical. I like the part when the woman talked about stabbing the guy and then him calling the cops. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I just, um, <laughs> thank you. Yes. So this, it has the potential to be a very sensitive topic. I mean, you see it on Twitter all the time, people getting into arguments about this. Is that why you decided to approach it through comedy? Partially, um, you know, it's um, it's it's a I think it's a more interesting way to bring people to the conversation. No one likes to be preached to mm-hmm. um, and everyone likes to have a good time when they go to the movies or when they rent a movie. No one wants to feel the heavy weight of the realities of certain circumstances and um you know, so we wanted to address it from a humorous standpoint, but also things don't always have to be so heavy, you know, and I think the documentary addresses um, that just through the tone and through, um, you know, because I wanted to make a documentary that was lighthearted, but the people answering the questions made it lighthearted. Yes, there's this sketch comedy that was infused in there, but, you know, the people, the everyday people, the, you know, the professionals, everyone that we spoke to. It was their humor as well that added to, you know, the film. You know, I knew what I wanted to make when, you know, we were making it. But when it was completed, you know, it it was even more than that. And and that was, you know, a result of people's honesty and their humor. Okay, so how did you find the people to be in this? Well, it depends. Um, we had various people, you know, we had professionals um, uh, who were, you know, people who were in the in the business of knowing about relationships, understanding relationships, helping people get into better relationships. Um, but we also had people on the street. So in regards to the people that were professionals, well, we have a produ- have a producer team. Um, my producers, I have one of my producers, Ghislaine Paul, was was um, essential in, in getting people on board in regards to some of the professionals. 
Um, shout out to him. Shout out to Oscar Dill and Clee Johnson. Those those are my producers on the project. They helped make this thing happen. Those are my brothers right there. But um, we also had um, people on the street that um, that we would just wrangle up and like, hey, listen, we're talking about you know black relationships. We want to get your opinions on them. And you know, some people were like, mm, you know, no. <laughs> and and then there were those who were like, you know what, I got something to say about that topic. Um, <laughs> I can imagine and, that. And, yeah, and then you know, once the once the floodgates are open, you know, then they just went in, and um, and we were just really happy. You know, I was like literally editing while I was hearing some of these interviews, some of the things that people were saying. You know, you were just like, yeah, I know this is going to be in the film, or yeah, you know, you know, that was kind of how we, you know, tallied up you know, a lot of the people. So it was a process, but, um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, most of it was organized and mm-hmm. some of it was, you know, on the cuff, just, you know, out in the streets. So why did you choose this subject for your documentary? Well, I mean, it was, it was a topic that I had been fiddling with for a long time about doing a, a documentary about black relationships. And every time I had a conversation with, you know, with friends or family, or if there's a group of us in a room, inevitably the conversation shifts to relationships, as it always does with all people. You know, you get your girlfriends in the room, a couple of glasses of wine, we're going to start talking about relationships. You get some brothers in the room, you know, a couple of beers on the table, they're going to start talking about relationships. At some point, we're talking about relationships. I wanted to do a documentary about it, you know, because I just felt like it was a conversation that needed to be had. The thing is, the conversations that we have amongst ourselves are usually funny. Yeah. The conversations when we talk about relationships, sure, there are areas where things can get real. It can get real heavy. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's humor. It could be, girl, let me tell you about this date I had. You know, this brother did this. Or brother's talking, you know, man, this sister, you know, she she bugged out. She did this in the middle of the date, you know. So we all have those conversations with our friends, you know, and um, I just wanted to convey some of that energy into a documentary that can, you know, that can entertain as well as inform people. And that's what I think we did with the film, because it's the kind of film that you can bring your group of friends together, break out the wine and watch it and laugh about it and talk about it afterwards, you know, and that's that was the whole goal of the film. So did you learn anything interesting while filming it, like from these conversations? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the media kind of paints a negative picture of what is going on in black relationships. You know, if you think if if you leave it to the media, there's there's a lot of absentee dads out there and brothers and there's a lot of brothers and they don't like the sisters they want to date others and you, you know and cool whatever your thing is I'm not saying I'm just saying that there's just a certain image of what black men are doing in relationships or you know that the sisters got attitude problems you know and that's why brothers are dating you know you know other people outside of their race because they don't want to deal with this or brothers uh you know um you know um this well then there's the incarcerations there's you know there's a lot of reasons why um you know the media is has kind of harped on the idea of the broken you know, family or the broken relationships between black men and women. Some of it is true. Some of it is, you know, has been, you know, exaggerated. I just think, you know, 
I think that what I've learned was that um, we're not a monolith. We're not we're not one thing. We're all things, you know, and um, the people interviewed expressing themselves, you know, showed me that, you know, there are many layers, you know, um, you know, you you subconsciously know these things anyway. But, you know, it's it was refreshing to see, you know, the many layers, you know, of um, of both black men and women in regards to relationships, what they're looking for in relationships and, and what they feel the future is in regards to, you know, um, how to make better relationships. So, um, you know, I just, I just feel like I, I learned it's not as, it's not as dire, although it's, it's real out there, you know, and I, I wouldn't say and act like there isn't a shortage because I believe there is um, a shortage of men to women in general and men to uh, black men to women in particular but but it you know it was refreshing to see that you know people you know had such positive for the most part positive views in regards to rectifying the issues that was one thing that i learned so where can listeners go to find this project in search of the black knight and also if there's any other projects that you're currently working on uh, let us know what what's going on with that and also your social media shout outs Okay. Well, um, for more information about the film, um, you can go to in search of the black knight movie.com and that's night with the K the film available now, um, on Vimeo on demand and Amazon for rental streaming download or DVD. It is available now. And, um, you can also reach me, uh, on, um, Twitter at black knight doc. Um, or you can reach me on my personal Twitter page at Tamarat McConan um, and Instagram Tamarat McConan as well. Thank you, Tamarat, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. I appreciate it. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. do random things every now and again on Twitter, and I decided to take a lot of the activity that I do on Twitter and bring it to the podcast. One of them being the live tweet that we had done on Saturday Night Sci-Fi with Geek Soul Brother. We had live tweeted Star Trek Into the Darkness. With Into the Darkness, we all know um, Khan was played by Benedict Cumberbatch. And many people um, refer to Mr. Cumberbatch not by his actual like God-given name <laughs> or even his character name of Khan, but rather just these very creative, um, weird pronunciations of both Benedict and Cumberbatch, which was really, really funny. Uh, so I decided to go ahead and do a little game. And I have here with me Lauren Warren, gaming contributor of Black Girl Nerds, and Mel Perez, who's a comic book contributor over at Black Girl Nerds. So Thanks, ladies, for, for participating in this random segment that we're having today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, this should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we will get started. I'm going to start first, and then Lauren will go, and Mel will go, and we'll just have fun and slaughter the hell out of Benedict Cumberbatch's name. All right. You ready? Let's go. Benefactor Cumberbund. Baker Street Cabbage Patch. Bend and snap, call me back. 
Bandicoot Cumberslatch. Boo-boo kitty, come and get it. <laughs> Bumble Splat Cabbage Patch. Banglebert Cumperdink. Bamboozled Cumble Porch. Bendy Flap Camel Match. Burble Pop Cundlepore. Boogaloo Cumberbund. Benadryl Crumblefast. Benedict Nicotine Patch. Benadryl Crample Scranch. Broken Stick Throw It Back. <laughs> Benediction Cumber Choir. <laughs> Bruno Mars Clapping Back. Pale as milk, face is flat. <laughs> that rhymed. Period. <laughs> Benadryl Cunkerweed. Brenda Dirt Captain Crunch. Buttermilk Custard Rash. Wow, that sounds like a bad situation. <laughs> Beneful Cockatoo. Bandicoot Cobblepot. Beelzebub, Candy Sash. Benedict, Con of Roth. <laughs> oh, wait, I lost my place. <laughs> <laughs> I was, okay. Uh, Benadryl, Crample Scrunch? Did I say that one? I don't remember. I think you said Benadryl. I think that's what threw me. Someone else said Benadryl. Benadryl's been used a couple times, yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, there's a cadence to it, right? It fits so well. It does. <laughs> uh, Bandicoot crashing fast. All right, now these are just off the top of my head. Boobaloo cumbleduck. <laughs> Bark and sniff. Ah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn. Womp, womp. Oh, Wait, I had like two more. <laughs> Yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> I have um, Bumblebee Charizard, Burberry Cumberband, and Bees Attack Close the Hatch. And then that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out on my list two names ago, so I was just like, okay, let me think of something. You know, I actually found a video of someone who made 100 ways to mispronounce his name. <laughs> someone told me that there's a Tumblr wow. site out there as well that has a list of all of these random ways to mess up his name. And a name generator, uh, Burger King Splish and Splash. <laughs> um, Johnny Cash Turtle Dog? No, no, that's not a good one. Barbled Swick Talisman. What was that? <laughs> Donald Swick Talisman. That doesn't even sound like English. <laughs> oh, here we go. Boiler Dang Call Dispatch. Boiler Dang. All right. Wow. <laughs> People put a lot of thought into this, apparently. But I did see something on, what is it, Wattpad? There's like a whole blog about it on Wattpad and like there's like Tumblrs and multiple YouTube videos. I mean, clearly this yes. is discussed quite a bit. So <laughs> like a couple of different name generators. Brandenburg, Notting Hill. That's a good one. I think my favorite one that actually does not have a B or C in it was a white guy can't be con. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. 
end it. That's a good one. <laughs> Oh my and we're good. <laughs> and scene. And scene. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning into this segment. Uh, again, I thought this was really fun to do because on Twitter we could go on for hours and we used various names while live tweeting into the darkness. So thanks for tuning in and uh, stay tuned for the next segment. Our next segment is with Cicero Holmes of the Spawn On Me podcast, the internet's definitive video game podcast featuring and spotlighting gamers of color. Hosts Khalif Adams and Cicero Holmes brings you gaming news, previews, and reviews while simultaneously looking at how games affect the world and how the world affects games. The Spawn On Me podcast. Take a listen to our interview with Cicero. Thank you for tuning into this segment of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie. I am here with Mel. We are interviewing Cicero Holmes. Cicero is one of the co-hosts of this great podcast called Spawn On Me, and they talk about a lot of gaming content on their podcast. And Cicero and I have been following each other on Twitter for a very long time, so I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. And I was also a guest on his podcast, so it's great for him to to come over on this side with Black Girl Nerds and be interviewed. So thank you so much, Cicero, for, for being on the show. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. I really feel like I've made it now. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, I am I've been called up to the big leagues. Now I can uh, go and guard Steph Curry, get my ankles broken. Let's not talk about the Steph Curry, Aisha Curry situation. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm at the point now where I'm just like, is Twitter just bored? Is it is it that bad now where people just get upset about the littlest things? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, God. Everyone yeah. needs attention. Everybody needs attention. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, sure. First of all, what is Spawn on Me? And how did you guys come to develop this podcast? Uh, so Spawn on Me is a video game podcast. We are uh, Gen Xers. We are um, dark skinned Gen Xers as opposed to light skinned Gen Xers. So we talk about uh, <laughs> blackness in in uh, video games, and we talk about we 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 talk about marginalized people um, in in video games. And and uh, basically what happened was uh, myself and my co-host Khalif Adams. Uh, randomly met each other via Twitch stream that he was doing almost exactly two years ago. And we started uh, collaborating, writing on uh, the now defunct uh, spawnpointblog.com. May it rest in peace. And uh, <laughs> about a couple of months after that, uh, Ka hit me up and was like, hey, man, I was thinking about doing a podcast. I was like, hey, I was thinking about doing a podcast, too. And and one of the things that we both saw in the podcast that we were listening to, we were both fans of some very, very big video game podcasts, but none of the people that were on those shows shared our background, shared our perspectives. Mm. And and we and there were lots of times where we were listening to uh, some of the critiques that they were making about games. And it was it, it didn't really reflect some of the things that we were seeing in games and how how the video games affected us. And so that one of the things that we wanted to do directly was go in and when we talked about games, talk about games from the perspective of people of color, of marginalized people. And in addition to that, we wanted to make sure that if we were ever lucky enough to get guests on the show, that we would spend lots of our time 
spotlighting and highlighting people of color within the industry and, you know, within within the industry, whether it be from journalistic journalistic side or from the uh, from the, the development side, you know, whatever it was um, to make sure that if you could see yourself doing it, then you can see yourself doing it. If you know about people that are like you, like minded, uh, come from similar backgrounds that are doing things, then you can you yourself can aspire to do these things himself, your, yourself. And uh, you co-host the podcast. Tell us who you co-host it with and uh, when did you guys get started? So we uh, my co-host is his name is Khalif Adams. You can find him on Twitter at Kajakins. He's uh, shout out to Ka. He's actually in San Francisco right now at a. A gaming convention called PlayStation Experience. Oh, nice! Um, Yeah, and he uh, he's actually he just finished doing a a Twitch stream with uh, some developers from a company called Media Molecule. Really, really great stream. I I recommend you guys check it out. Um, Anyway, uh, Khalif Adams. He's originally from Brooklyn. I'm originally from the Bronx, Um, but I was living in Chicago when uh, when we met. So together we created Spawn on Me in January of. 2013 2014 we're coming up on two years so 2014 and together everyone that listens to swan on me lives in Chicago, uh the merger of brooklyn and chicago <laughs> uh so if you if you're a listener to um swan on me you'll hear us mention Chicago a lot and you are officially a Chicagoan. yeah so we we started about two years ago and uh you know we've been we've been trying to rule the world ever since <laughs> so what's what's been some of the topics that you've had on your show? Because I know that there's a lot of controversies, especially in the gaming subculture with respect to the whole Gamergate situation. And there's just a lot of problems with diversity. And it seems that when marginalized call out diversity in gaming, um, there's just a lot of vitriol and backlash, um, which is what kind of gave birth to the Gamergate movement. So what are some of the things that you guys talk about on the Spawn on Me podcast? Uh, I'm, and, you know, exactly that. And, and, uh, and, and we, don't, we don't even necessarily uh, relegate ourselves just to gaming um, because, you know, what people fail to realize is that um, the, the average age of a gamer is now 36 or 37 years old. Uh, so these are people that are out in the world, you know, involving themselves in worldly activities, um, politically, socio-politically, socio-economic, uh, you know, uh, situations, everything. So when we talk about things on, on our show, we, we really run the gamut. Um, you know, everything kind of goes back to gaming. But we talk about so many different things. So we talked about Mike Brown when Ferguson was happening. Mm. And we talked about, you know, so many of the, you know, of the uh you know black people that were being uh indiscriminately murdered by by the people that were uh sworn to protect us over the you know over the last 12 months we definitely talked about gamergate um we've talked about so many different things um so the, there's a a pejorative that's that's kind of fl- flown around the uh the gaming subculture called social justice warriors and uh, we we definitely stand right in the vanguard of the of the SJWs proudly. Do you get um, a lot of pushback from game, you know, people in the gaming culture because of that? Um, you, you know what? Ironically enough, not really. Uh, I I think part of it had to do with the fact that we're men, um, and mm-hmm. and maybe some of it had to do with the fact that we're black men. 
Um, so, you know, if, the only time anyone isn't afraid of black men, it seems to be, is when they're they have a badge and a gun. Um, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, people still seem to be afraid of, afraid to really challenge black men when it when it comes to things. So yeah, so I mean, there there have been little instances, but it's it's definitely been fewer and further between. And in actuality, what we've what we've been able to do because we've been so unabashed in in our ability to come out and say, you know, these people deserve respect. We deserve respect. We deserve to be heard. We've managed to grab and foster a really great community. Bricago is really great and big and strong as a result of, you know, us really coming together and, and galvanizing our community to go out and go forward and, and speak speak our truths. Bricago. I love that. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start using that portmanteau from now on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so if there are listeners that are new to Spawn on Me and they're curious about it, what's a good starting point for them? Well, um, we have been really, really blessed. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be listed upon, among NPR. NPR decided to curate a group of podcasts. They took 200 shows. They received 8,000 submissions. They took uh, 200 shows and curated those shows, and we were selected amongst those 200. Wow. Uh, and and uh, so it's called uh, NPR's Earbud, and our particular episode that is part of NPR's Earbud is with a a writer named Evan Narcisse. Uh, I can't remember exactly what episode it was. I think it was in the 20s. Um, we're in like the 80s now. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it was a really great episode right on the heels of him writing an article for Kotaku.com uh, about blackness in video games. Mm. So he was just, I mean, he just finished, he just posted the article. So everything was so, so raw. And uh, we were able to sit down with him. And uh, um, I know a friend of yours, Sharif Jackson, who is uh, a frequent contributor on our show. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, we call him our minister of no finance. Um, so uh, the three of us, along with Evan, got to sit down and really talk about really kind of tackle um, what it means to to be a purveyor of uh, of blackness and, and a consumer, a video game consumer and, and what that means for for us. So it was a great, great episode. So check us out on NPR earbuds and uh, listen to that one, and then then you can go back and listen to any of them. Although you can listen to any of them, and they are they are all my special little snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask for a recommendation for somebody who doesn't game very often. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, if you've got a console. Uh, and you don't game very often. I think that there are there are a uh, actually even on PC there are a, a few games that are not very gamey. And I'm using air quotes. I like to do that a lot. Um, they're not very gamey. They're not twitchy. You're not killing people. Um, a group I don't mind of... killing people. I just okay. I need something easy right now. Right. <laughs> so so um, uh, one of the things that I really like about where we are in, in the game space is that there are a lot of independent developers and some not, not so independent developers that are making games that are heavy in uh, the feels. They're heavy in the narrative. Uh, so there, there is a game called Gone Home. Um, which is a from a great studio out of Portland. 
Um, it's really, really good about this about this girl. I can't even tell you any more than that. Uh, the game's about two hours long, and then there's a, an entire suite of games from a from a developer called Telltale Games that are all episodic games. So they have The Walking Dead uh, seasons oh, yeah, one and two. One. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they have a game called The Wolf Among Us. They have a game based on the Game of Thrones franchise. Um, they have lots and lots of games, and those are all really good games to kind of get your feet wet, get you, get yourself acclimated to sitting down with a with a controller in your hand and and playing a game for a couple of hours. And that was that's the other thing that's really great about those games is because they're episodic, they're really easy to digest. You can sit down over a couple of hours and instead of watching the end of Jessica Jones, which I don't recommend, go ahead and watch the end of Jessica Jones. But then after you're done with Jessica Jones and you're trying to figure out what else you can do, you can you can go and play one of these games for a couple of hours. Is there somebody out there who's not done with Jessica Jones yet? Uh, there are there are a few actually. Um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put him on blast right now. My co-host Khalif Adams refuses to watch Jessica Jones because he's a curmudgeon. Um, so <laughs> you've been put on blast, son. Uh, yeah. So he needs he needs to he needs to change that in his life for real. Shots fired. Because it's dope. It is dope. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And he's yeah. gonna be spoiled if he waits right. any longer. Also, also. You could, you know, so after you finish watching Jessica Jones, I will say um, you should be watching In Search of the Black Knight. And then after you watch In Search of the Black Knight, (laughs) then you can play some games. And then after you play some games, you can listen to the Black Girl Nerds podcast episode of Jessica Jones, where we recap that. So we're plugging it away in all different directions. Shameless. Very smooth. There it is. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much, Cicero, for coming on the show. Uh, Real quick, just give us your social media shout outs, uh, when your podcast airs, where we can download, subscribe, and any other future projects that you're working on. Okay. Uh, well, uh, first and foremost, um, thank you guys so much for uh, allowing me to speak some of my truths here uh, on Black Girl Nerds. Big fan, big fan. And uh, if you guys want to become big fans of me and big big fans of Spawn on Me, find us on Twitter at Spawn on Me. You can find me at Stubby Stan. It is spelled exactly how it sounds. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I can get into a story about that later and why it's Stubby Stan. And um, you can always find our show iTunes wherever you find your favorite podcast we release every Tuesday uh, check us out uh, you can go to our site spawnon.me uh, if you want to see any of my written musings you can check out uh, hit the pass hit the pass.com or hit uh, at hit the pass that is a sports video game website where I write frequently and, and make uh, contributions there. Other than that, you can find us, uh, Spawn on Me, on all social media platforms because we're dope. Uh, Bricago is in full effect. Bricago, stand up. <laughs> Bricago represents. Yes. Yes. It just makes me think of cold and blizzard roaches, and that's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like see this one, honky tonk chicken strips. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that was a 
an actual suggestion. <laughs> on the name, I'm clicking the name generator, and that oh, just came name. up. Oh, Honky tonk chicken strips. I can't even say it. Honky tonk chicken strips. That sounds that like, like something they serve at Cracker Barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar bait countryside. Oh, that's more for Leonardo DiCaprio. They. <laughs> <laughs> Really we have plenty of material to choose from. We really do. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, man. All right. Like are some you... things in that Batman versus Superman trailer, but I'm not thinking of it right now. Oh, yeah. You know what? We should do a show where we're talking about um, the response of nerds whenever a trailer drops and how divided the nerd community becomes. Because today on Twitter, people oh, were Ill- really like either super excited and loved everything about that trailer or they absolutely hated it. It was like I no in between. It. <laughs> oh, God, you've got to watch. It's all right. Like, it's it not was the like, same thing with, oh, my uh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's not like, oh, my God, I have to see a movie. It was like, oh, that's cute. Oh, yeah. It when was the Civil War trailer came out. Yeah, that was divisive. That was divisive. Yeah. But Lines were drawn. Friendships were put on notice. I know. I'm like, this is going to be Civil War in the fandom, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I called my brother and he's like, I don't know who I'm going to go for. I'm like, I'm going for Captain America. Therefore, you're going for Captain America. I'm like, don't be against me in this. Oh, we're supporting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the rules. I just want to be entertained. And they'll both probably get my money, but I'm just looking more forward to giving it to Captain America than I am those other dudes. Yeah. Well, uh, what did I call them? Super Kid and Bat Boy? Um, Bat Boy. And <laughs> the bull fight of the century. Yeah. Just look at um, Henry Cavill's eyes. I'm like, his, his eyes are really pretty. Here's the Wait, what's going on in this movie? Oh my <laughs> God. Let me just tell you really quick. Here's my issue with that Batman Superman trailer and Henry Cavill. He is so sexy, which, hey, there's no issue that I have with that. But he's so sexy and charismatic on screen. He actually is more interesting than Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne is supposed to be the more charismatic character that's supposed to ooze a lot of sex appeal. But it's actually the awkward, weird Clark Kent. Because that scene where he's looking at him with his glasses on, I was like, this is not the Clark Kent that I know. This is like some GQ model that just stepped right. out on the pages. Right. Yeah, I, I, it, it took me for, it, it definitely took my breath away just seeing Henry Cavill looking all hot and sexy. And this it's is looking like, like a sexy professor. Yeah. Yes, please. Can I have extra credit? Please. <laughs> yep. My mm-hmm. ears got an assault. See what your eyes took in. My ears got an assault from Jesse Eisenberg's voice <laughs> to oh, Ben Affleck trying to beat out James Earl Jones and how deep his voice could get. I'm like, no. why, why, why does every every successive Batman's voice gets deeper and deeper and deeper? I don't understand. And why it's do the they got darkness in his soul coming out? In it's the soul. darkness. See, he's practically Darth Vader. They're not that far off. I don't think they should be using these animatronic voices for Batman anymore. Just give him a regular voice. Michael, I don't think they should be do doing it. Batman anymore. <laughs> Bye, Batman. Can we just not like with Spider-Man? Can we just not have any more? Like, I really used yeah. to love Batman, and they're just like dragging that. They're setting that love into the ground. <laughs> I can't anymore. Because who's gonna who's gonna check them, boo? <laughs> no one. They have the money. Ben Affleck had the time. Sure, I'll suit up. Oh, sweet Jesus! No, no, sit down. I'm honestly only looking for Jason Momoa at this point. Like, just show me Aquaman. I'm good. Yeah. If I have to sit through two hours of that, I'm fine with that. I think I don't even have to sit through two hours. Just go wait till the movie comes out and go on Tumblr. 
they'll have the whole thing gift and you don't even have to pay to go see the movie for that. You, you know, know that movie's going to get leaked anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just like Age of Ultron, it's going to get leaked. Here's the link to the link trailer. There you I go. I got this link, though. What is link, though? Get got you some popcorn, man. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> Need to get the leak for Star Wars and tell me if uh, they really cut out Lapita from the movie, because <laughs> I'm gonna be pissed if they did. I I think th- I was told that that's a rumor. I really hope that that's a rumor because that doesn't even sound right. It doesn't even that's- sound like something J.J. Abrams would even do. Remember when that first picture? About it. it could be. You remember when that first picture of what her character was gonna look like came out? Everybody's like, no, this is a rumor. That's not it. And it turned out to be it. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But then in the article, it said that she didn't have the acting chops to do CGI. And I'm just like, come on now. She got nominated for an Oscar. She won, yeah, right? She won. Yeah, yeah. She, she won an Oscar. So I, I don't believe that fully that she doesn't have the acting chops to do CGI. That That's a little far-fetched. Maybe she didn't have the, she didn't want to do his shitty role that he wrote for her. <laughs> that could be it. That's it. <laughs> She's like, I'm just here to get this check. Um, I am really not going to put effort into this performance. Um, I'm just here so I don't get fined. (laughs) I just need to put this on my resume so I can get the next gig and keep it moving. This year credit to hold me over until Black Panther comes out. Yes. Oh, my God. Mm, mm, mm. Did you guys see the um, pictures, by the way, of Luke Cage with the Misty Knight reveal? Girl, yes. Yes, oh, the blackest yeah. superhero show on television. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then they had Black Mariah, played by Viola, um, not Viola, Lord help me, uh, Alfre Woodard. In that and picture of him in that hoodie? Message. Yeah. Message. <laughs> I tweeted, I see what you did there, Chio Hidori Koka. I see you. Yeah, I see I you. It. Now hurry up and get me this show. <laughs> so we can all thirst over this. because. <laughs> I don't. I don't really care about all that other superhero stuff that's coming out next year. Just get me the Netflix stuff. Yeah. Except that, for that Civil War. Wait, that is the future. I, I think many series will do very, very well on that medium versus network television. That's true. Yeah. So far, I love the Netflix universe more than the movie or the TV verse. I think everybody feels that way at this point. Yeah. I mean, Jessica Jones killed it. Daredevil killed it. Yeah, and Age of Ont- Age of Ultron was pretty, you know, it was it was okay. It wasn't the best, but it was all right. You know, it didn't it blow me like away. A video game. Yeah, and Ant Man didn't do nothing for me, even though a lot of people liked it. But I was just like, meh. It's like, why is it necessary? I'm still stuck on that. Why is Ant Man necessary? Because they got to do something with Paul Rudd. He hasn't really had a chance to shine. <laughs> we got to talk about Paul Rudd. We Paul Rudd is hurting, apparently, for a job. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, because seriously, where the hell did he come from? Well, he's in a copy every other year, though. Because I guess Scott Lang is this, you know, funny, bubbly kind of rom-com character. And that's Paul Rudd. And that's why they brought right. him on. But who cares about Ant-Man, though? I no don't. One. It's like you had, I still don't understand why didn't they just make the Black Widow movie? It would have made so much money. Because women, we, we don't like <laughs> movies. Remember, we like to cook and, and, and walk barefoot in the house and talk about makeup and hair. And have babies. We don't go to the movies. Yep. That's it. That's <sighs> yeah, all that we I forgot do. about that. We watch our, what do they call them? We watch our stories. Are they even still on? <laughs> <laughs> you get <laughs> stories. <laughs> Are they still on? Like, there's, like, two. Gen- General oh, Hospital's on and Young the Restless. 
that's what we watch. We don't watch superhero movies. We watch our stories with our grandmothers, and we we talk mm-hmm. and we do each other's nails and hair. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> your life together and stop falling apart you won't be young forever no matter who you are get, get, get your life together and stop falling apart you won't be young forever no matter who you are we just pulling up throwing up i'm hoping we gon' know enough to notice when we growing up growing up growing up pulling up throwing up i'm hoping we gon' know enough to notice when we growing up Screw. Put a set up in the air, then you say salute to forget about the date and the things you would say if you could, but you can't because they all taboo. And you don't really get it while you date that fool. Got a hundred baby daddy like her name Badu. Should've run away hella ASAP. You ain't wanna listen, now she gonna got your name tattoo. She a bad girl, friends bad too. You just wanna kick it like you wish Shaq fool. Got red lips, color mouth ragoo. Got brown skin, color of apple. Give a little bit of but that's that soon. Now she all up in your crib and she get mad rude when you tell her she gon' need to get away. She all up in your face till you get her ring and say, I do. Wow. Now she got a kid on the way. Claim it's your baby, but it's hard to say. And if you deny it, then you gotta pay. She gon' take you to trial, they'll take you to state. Thinking that you should've listened to yay. Messing with those niggas half of your age. Imagine the look on her face when you finna say you really make minimum wage. Get your life together and stop falling apart. You won't be young forever, no matter who you are. Get, get, get your life together and stop falling apart. You won't be young forever. When we growing up, growing up, growing up, pulling up, throwing up, I'm hoping we gon' know enough to notice when we growing up, growing up, growing up. Grind a couple days, partying for two. Every single week it's like deja vu, boo. Even on the days y'all do, get a second off, you go waste that too. You ain't making moves, something like statues, and you only out the room when you want fast food. Or when you in the club and you act bad, boo, throwing bows, giving black eyes like raccoons. Forever 21 and you're close and your mind. Everybody growing up, you be frozen in time. We get a baby girl, was a dime, but every other second you be posing online. We know you used to be super bad, you boast about what you used to have. You older now, should be wise, the two should be slowing down like it's Houston rap. And you ain't really like your crib, like your job, you hate your car. But you ain't finna save no change, you gon' drop pesos at the mall. Steady trying to get it all, like you playing Pokemon. Got a budget like Aladdin, trying to ball like you Jafar. You need to get your life together and stop falling apart. You won't be young forever, no matter who you are. Get, get, get your life together and stop falling apart. You won't be young forever, no matter who you are. We just pulling up, throwing up. I'm hoping we gon' know enough to notice when we growing up, growing up, growing up, pulling up, throwing up. I'm hoping we gon' know enough to notice when we growing up, growing up, growing up. Now, stop.